Hello, welcome back to the Guernsey Gigs podcast with Mikey Furbrush. Hello. Hello, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Well, uh, like in turn, how are we? Okay, uh, let's do that then. Elliot, how are you? I'm good. I've got my beers. <laughs> oh, and a very sexy voice as well. Gregory, how are you? I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm good as well. Thanks, Mikey. Thanks it, for it asking. It sounds like we're all <laughs> good. For those people that, that, that are crazy and have been locked in a cupboard for the last 10 years, who is Mikey Furbrush and why is he on Guernsey Geeks podcast? Is that a question for me? Shall I answer that? <laughs> no, no, that's a question for the listeners. <laughs> well, think about that. Mm. No, that, that is a question for you, man holding microphone. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, yeah, I'm Mikey Furbrush. Um, I am a musician. I play guitar, uh, a bit of drums, a bit of bass. Uh, I'm a tutor at the School of Popular Music. Um, I'm in a few bands over here. Uh, I run Apocalypse Studios along with Tyler and Mitch. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Well, thanks for coming on. It's been lovely talking to you. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> so, come on then. How did you get into music then? What was uh, what was your thing? Was it from school? Did, were you hit by a bolt of lightning and suddenly you? Uh, and most importantly, we can ask this one here. What was the what was the name of the first band, man? <laughs> oh, I, wish, I wish I had like a cool story that I could tell you about how I started music, but it's not really that interesting. Um, oh. I probably started playing guitar when I was like 14, 15. Um, I used to be like well into football and like sports and stuff. And then I just probably started eating more and losing fitness. And then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what do like fit people do? Oh, they play, play music. <laughs> You're in good company here, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, so I started playing guitar around like 14, 15. Um, I, I feel like I picked it up pretty quickly. Um, I started, well, my first band, I think, was would have been Heroes Avenue. I don't know if any of you remember that. Um, we played a few gigs at like Rock of Ages. It was good That's fun. much better. Was that the first band name for the first band you had? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. We've had some really awful ones. Band name. As it goes. That's pretty... <laughs> yeah, it was good fun. <clears throat> what sort of stuff did you play? Was it mostly covers or... A mix yeah, of stuff. Covers. It was like pretty heavy stuff. It was like asking Alexandria. Um, who else was there? Like, um, were they called again? Heroes. Heroes. Heroes Am. That's hero apostrophe s. Okay, that's not heroes with a Z or something like that. <laughs> no, we, we weren't that cool. Kids with a Z. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so who was else was in that band then at the time? Uh, it was Elliot Crossan, uh, Alex Crossan. Um, Paul Kirby to start with. Oh no, he was there the whole time. Um, and then Matt, oh, I've forgotten his last name. It was a long time ago. Matt, if you're listening, don't be sad. Um, <laughs> then Jack Hayward eventually joined um, to replace Matt. But yeah, that fizzled out probably before, well, maybe like by the time I got to sixth form. Um, so yeah, that was the first band, it was good fun. And then I started doing like, I started up a YouTube channel of like doing guitar covers. I quite enjoyed that. Got quite a few views on various videos. And I think that's probably what got me into the recording side of things. Um, <laughs> yeah, but what's the channel? Can we watch some of the embarrassing old videos? <laughs> I've uploaded it to, to it like fairly recently. Like I sometimes do like little covers and stuff like throughout lockdown if I'm bored. Cool. Um, yeah. it's, it's good fun. I'm not gonna bother shouting out there because it's not was that all on um was that garage band base or was that was that no i think oh. you know i started on pro tools uh no 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 no. that's a lie i didn't have a mac back then it was um audacity audacity nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so then it was basically just you plugging in small like banjos set up like I don't even remember like how I originally set it up. It was like it was it was dodgy. The recording side of stuff and, and and getting into all of that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So I I eventually just got like a little interface and a microphone and got like a, a like a student version of Pro Tools, um, and that's kind of what got me into recording a little bit. And I started just learning how the program worked, 
Um, How old were you then, Mikey? That would have been 16, maybe 15, 16. Oh, still only a couple of years ago then. <laughs> Too kind. <laughs> The wrinkles are starting to show a little bit here, but you can't tell yeah. too much. Yeah. That's where you're backlit. <laughs> yeah. So so you went from like doing these videos and recording, getting a taste for it, still playing in bands at the time? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, another band that started up around that sort of time was, uh, well, I joined Rediscovering Pluto. Um, that was like a covers band. Um, we wrote maybe a couple of originals, but it, they never went anywhere. So um, some good names. You've had good names yeah. from the start. This isn't. <laughs> if, if, if anyone needs a band name, Mikey's available. He you just give him a call. <laughs> he'll he'll come up with a band name for you, and it won't be embarrassing. I think they probably progressively worse. So <laughs> that was like the the pinnacle of of band names back then. Um, yeah, so that was yeah sixth form sort of time. Then I started doing um, music tech at A level. Um, there was only maybe like a handful of us doing it at the time. Um, so I did that. Was for the that first. a course over here? Yeah, yeah, it was at Grammar. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but then it was, they stopped it after my first year. So I got my AS level in it, and then they, they cancelled it, and um, I was That's pretty gutted. That's a shame. Was that just due to the amount of people that weren't doing it? Or because yeah. this yeah. was, there I was mean, any... a lot of people are studying music and, and, and songwriting and, and, and tech now. I, well, I feel like there's more, but um, was that just in sort of those early days when people would, sort of yeah there just wasn't many people interested in it um there's there's four of us in the class maybe and it just wasn't viable to run it the second year that's a real shame but it was okay because i managed to teach myself the second year of the course and then mm. the school ended for the exam at the end of the year so i still managed to get my full a level in music tech so that was cool um and then oh, cool so sorry can i just ask you about that then so you, they they allowed you to carry on with the curriculum in some ways that was aligned to the course. Yeah, so I still had, I, I was able to get like the, I was I entered into the exams through the school, um, but I was, it was essentially just like self-learning. So I'd have like the, the specification for the course um, and like all the projects and stuff that I needed to do. And I just do it in my like free periods. So that, yeah. that speaks to, I guess, to your motivation uh, to do music. You must yeah. have been very driven uh, even at that tenderly young age tenderly. Uh, to, uh, <laughs> because not, because not everyone is though are they they kind of they're not sure about what they want to do and they're a bit drifty but it sounds like you knew what you wanted to do yeah i think by that point like after i'd been kind of involved with music for a couple of years like i was pretty like sold on wanting to pursue it um and I didn't have any form of like classical training or like I couldn't read music or anything like that. So doing just the, the normal music course at the time wasn't an option for me really. Um, and music tech, I was, I loved it. Like I was well interested in it. And I just wanted to carry on doing it. So I made sure that I could do that. Did you have to, did you have to during that course then that you said you couldn't read music and stuff like that? Was there, a, was there an element of that, that suddenly you had to sort of think I need to start learning this or no, not necessarily. Um, like it was it's all very practical based like when with things like music tech um like i think one of the a couple of the projects were like we had to recreate like a britney spears song but like without <laughs> vocals so you had to like like just recreate the sound of the song and then like put in an instrument that was like similar to a voice um so it was all like you could get away with doing it by ear or like not having any form of like written down music so yeah, it was, I imagine. Your ear, Mark, uh, what, what were your influences sort of growing up as a kid? What, what were you listening to um, music-wise? Around that sort of time, I think, like... Britney Spears. Well, <laughs> it's like 2000s pop punk music, I would say. That sort of style. That's like, that was, that was my jam back in the day as a, as a teenager. Things like Boys Like Girls and Elliot Minor and All American Rejects, all that sort of stuff, like the kind of emo y kind of music. Yeah, I'm kind of nodding wisely, like I know what the hell that's also, about. That's got quite a lot of production in it as well. Yeah, so yeah. That's like, it's, it's it, like that sort of pop punky stuff. I mean, um, it's kind of like going from some of the sort of more raw punk tape recording kind of stuff to, to 
something with a higher level of production and stuff. Do you think that like? Yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of production, like. And, and like punk and stuff, I struggle to listen to it. I won't lie. Um, <laughs> I've always been a fan of polished sound, um, <laughs> but that's just me. Um, yeah, I, th I think yeah, that stuff would have been uh, like subconscious back then, just like listening to to big pr production heavy stuff. It's it, it's funny that like two ends of the spectrum on, on production really, because like classic punk is so like doesn't care about production at all. It's really like. Just like stick a stick a, a Fisher Price microphone in the room and let's go for it. Yeah, and yeah. Like and then, and then the other end is just like it's all about like polishing it and making it sound really, really. Uh, it's it's a, it's a weird genre because like it crosses so many sort of areas in that. You know, like with um with death metal, it's always like low production quality. It's never going to get any better than that. Like that just stays there. But with with punk, it's got like a quite a big spectrum of production, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah um yeah so where, where did we get to there that was sixth form and then i went on to uni uh i went to brighton um and did a music production course at bim um were you living in brighton then um for that or was it a uh, distance no I, was, I lived in brighton well I, well I lived in hove which is like right next to brighton for two years and then i lived in brighton for the third year um, did, did you get involved in the? I don't know why people say Hove is different to Brighton because it is part of Brighton, really, isn't it? There is no, there's no fence between Brighton and Hove. <laughs> <laughs> is that as soon as you step into Hove and say, "I'm in Brighton," people from Hove go, "Oh no, this is Hove actually." <laughs> did, did you get very involved in the music scene there? Yeah, uh, yeah, fairly. Um, so the the course that I did was the first year that that uni had done the course. Oh, right. um, so guinea pigs um and in, so in terms of the actual course itself like it wasn't amazing um it we were kind of distanced from everyone else doing like the guitar drums vocals courses and stuff like that we weren't necessarily involved with them um so we had to kind of make our own like connections with people um but yeah i was i was in a band um called thoughts oh, yeah see there we go there's there the we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go <laughs> oh it was gonna be one yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so we we uh, that was just like i think that formed from i think a couple of guys that were on the production course with me a couple of random um, thoughts yeah yeah <laughs> um, oh. we might we managed to get like we managed to get a few few decent gigs from it we played like a, a bunch of places around brighton we got a few festival gigs like up north and like, we played at truck festival and um why not festival i don't know they're, they're they're not like huge festivals but they're they're pretty big they get some big acts there um so yeah like the brighton music scene is great the venues are really cool they're a bit yeah. like um mm. and there's always there's something on like every night which is well you get the same in london as well um but it's just such an active venue uh, an active like place it's great um it seems to be like developing especially well how, how many years ago was that like um 2012 2013 no 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 sorry not that not long ago 2015 2016. yeah so because there was there's you know the whole brighton move like down from london and stuff but like that's probably quite a vibrant like a really vibrant i mean it still is really vibrant and, and everything but there was definitely um i don't know people talking more about it than 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 the sort of usual london yeah like, i think um for me personally like living in brighton was a really nice blend between like the the industrialism and like the the busyness and the just the like the atmosphere of london but mixed with the like the seaside kind of chilled out like vibe of guernsey so mm, it's like a nice yeah 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 and, it, and it is, is a major stop-off point for a lot of bands as well you know you get quite a few big acts just sort of dropping by and because the venues are a lot smaller there you, you get to have a bit more sort of close up time with them it's not yeah, like yeah. you're in a big arena with loads of people you actually get to have that sort of small gig experience with quite big bands which is nice yeah 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 and the venues are really like they're, they're really quirky some of them are, are pretty quirky at least some are a bit dingy but <laughs> got some good places there and so that was the the, the three-year course to become a sound engineer so you were studying to be a sound engineer like a recording engineer yeah recording so the 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 qualification that i've got is a um what is it 
Is it not hung up on the wall in the studio somewhere? <laughs> a BA production. A studio rat engineer. <laughs> in, in year two, Mikey, did you know what you wanted to do with this? Did you have an idea that you're going to come back to Guernsey or did you think you were going to try and work in some of the bigger studios? Um, whichever came first really so like re like regardless of whatever happened i always knew that i like when i started uni i wanted to work in some sort of studio like in whatever capacity um but then as i spent more time in in brighton and the uk it just came really obvious to me that it wasn't going to be able to happen um in the uk because to be like to get to, to start working in a studio like you've got to start off interning um, which that's where most people start but to do that you've that's like working for free um but you have to put in big shifts and you also have to have another job on the side of that um to like pay for rent and stuff but if you're like if you've got family over there that you can live with like even if like your parents or something like you can live there cheaper than you would normally in like renting a place um but i didn't obviously because my family are here so like to be able to get into an intern sort of situation it just wouldn't have been viable um so that that kind of was one of the things that solidified me coming back here um, so then the other option then is to start up my own studio, which was always like my, my end goal. Um, but it's just happened a little bit earlier than I thought, which is cool. Do you think cool. that's a bit heartbreaking to a certain extent? Like there's, there's a lot of things like that, I suppose, in the music industry as well, where, you know, people just think you sort of get famous overnight and, and make loads of money and, on, and or you're sort of in poverty, but really a lot of, a lot of people in the industry have to do a lot of long-term internships and a lot of, a lot of work, work isn't it? A, lot of, yeah. a lot of things and if you're not sort of if you don't have a foot in or something like that then the, the work is doubly as hard is, is that a bit heartbreaking does that make it kind of frustrating or would you yeah. just kind of think i'll move on do my own thing and 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 you know is there a like point in that does it just kind of like frustrate you or yeah a little bit um yeah, I mean, there's a serious grind that people have to put in if they want to get somewhere in the in the music industry. Like, like you were saying, like you, it can just be like a someone finds you and and then you get a big job and then that's it, you you explode. But like before that, before it gets to that point of of being discovered, there's a whole like backlog of time and effort that you've put in to get to that point. Um, it's a lot of cups of tea that you have to make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and shop runs that you probably have to do as well. Mm. Uh, but thankfully, yeah. I was never in that internship, so I didn't have to go through that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think if you can get yourself into that situation, it's a massive like experience that you can like you learn. You'd learn so much working in a studio with like industry professionals who have just been doing it for years and years. Mm. So on, yeah, I definitely have like would say I've missed out a bit on like gaining that experience. But like having having my own studio presents its own challenges and ways to like yeah. progress well so do you think that's something that you could do um now that you're sort of established yourself because we're coming up to this bit where you sort of created your own studio and like your your own entrepreneur really and you get involved with school of pop music and stuff is that something that um now that you have this respect and these bands behind your belt that you could like work with other engineers or do you think that's been sort of uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the goal is always to like keep keep the studio growing and keep my like myself like my um um what's the word my uh like sausage. I've forgotten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll go with that. Expanding your skill set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah, like my, my reputation. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I always want to keep growing that. Um. So yeah, like if there's opportunities that present themselves to like. To, for, to let that happen then yeah i'm always open to like working with other people other people this and... was something we talked about with uh with, with john was uh during lockdown it presents uh in the uk like because because we've had it quite good uh for a while you know being uh back open again and and being able to sort of have gigs and, and put on events and stuff and we talked to john a little bit about bringing bands over um and i i thought it you know there's probably quite a lot of bands in the UK at the moment that are that are desperate to do some recording as well. Have you talked to anyone about bringing them over and, and doing some recording sessions over here? 
and 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 you know being one of the only studios that's probably open and able to 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 do that sort of stuff have you had any any people inquire about it um yeah the, the difficulty with it is that people still have to isolate coming over here so they have to spend yeah, well, like, they could isolate with you and you could just sit and record them all the time. <laughs> spend two weeks in a in a in a space together and uh and do a shitload of recording yeah i mean as as tempting as that sounds like i don't know if i i want to live in the studio for two weeks <laughs> um no, the band i guess like that's that again is another like goal of the studio is to to get people to like recognize this as a like a really special place and mm. to want to come over here to record it's just how do we make that connection and and actually like entice people to come over here I'm, um, I'm sure there's probably some sort of uh package we could put all put together as an island if we all team up and say you know come come over play some gigs and like we'll do it we'll record your next album here and we'll we'll, we'll put together a big media package for you well yeah it's true that's definitely like a collaboration that could easily yeah. happen let's talk after the show then yeah. as a sound sort of based on that a little bit i mean we know as artists how we kind of try and promote ourselves um outside of of what we're doing with with social media as as, as a sound engineer and, and as as a studio um because i suppose people don't really the people like us in the know-how like look at where people get recorded and what their sounds like and and we and we sort of know is is how do you how do you get your name out there how do how do people kind of come and see you and, and see your project does it really depend on the luck of what band kind of comes into the studio or or is there other ways that people start picking that up and it's a good question um uh, like word of mouth is key like especially over here like if you can just get yourself like talking to people and become friends with people and just let people know that this is something that you do um then that's a huge a huge help and then like with like when i work with people like if i the main thing for me is to make sure that everyone has like a good time and that there's a good end result because if there's a like just a general good experience had all around then that just helps everyone like it's it means that their music's going to sound good people are going to like it it means that my reputation's good they've got a good like um like idea of me in their head they're going to recommend me to other people as well um so that's like the most important thing for me is like just to make sure that everyone's really happy with the end result and how it got there as well um i think having a website is useful yeah do you think it really is that sort of you have to be kind of like you we're talking some people manage to get that sort of engineer um job or that part-time and then go on to be engineers in studios but you've kind of had to cut all that out and make your own thing so not only are you working as a sound engineer and having to develop those skills but suddenly you're an entrepreneur and you're having to run a business like a full business um and it, that's that's a really different different thing is is it like a set of skills that you already had or is that something you've had to like kind of dial into it and suddenly realize shit i've got taxes to pay and accounts to do and this whole like business to run on top sort of develop engineer and, and do you think that's something that was kind of easier for you because you already had like you i mean you're someone that's quite dedicated and we've met before after studio sessions and I know that you're running from one teaching lesson to recording to then going home and instead of going to the pub with everybody else you're sitting at home having tea and, and <laughs> then you might end up doing a gig and coming back after an hour but like that's a real focus and that's not always easy like especially when you're surrounded do you think that's just something you've got or do you think that's something you've had to sort of really go no this is the end goal this is what I need it's never really it's never really felt like that much of a like a task if you know what i mean like because I, I just love it like the studio like being in the studio that's that's the thing that that i love to do like that's it um so even like like things like taxes and like getting like incorporated and stuff like that and like having business business meetings and talking to your account manager and stuff like that it's all like because it's all related to the studio like it doesn't feel like that much of an effort um and like bringing in tyler and mitch like tyler runs the school of pop music he kind of he's really he's really good at like the entrepreneurship and like getting all the behind the scenes stuff sorted out so he's like he's a massive help um with like sorting talking to accountants and 
having the businessy side of things and then i get to me and mitch get to focus more on the the songwriting and production and recording side of things a little bit more that's really cool so you found yourself that team because i mean we haven't spoken to tyler yet i think he's one of the people we should definitely have on the um on the podcast at some point um but you was was school to popular music before apocalypse or was that something that yeah so in my last year of uni, uh, when I, just when I finished, I came back here for summer, um, and I, I think I put out a post on Guernsey Musicians and Friends on Facebook, just saying that um, I'm I'm doing recording work. I've got like equipment I can move around to wherever you want to record and stuff. And Tyler saw that and picked it up, and we ended up working on a little like EP um, for his side project, uh, La Cane. Um So that was the first time we'd properly met. Um, was like my, my last year of uni, and then throughout the summer i then ended up working um tyler got me involved in the summer school that was happening for for the school of pop music um and then it got to the end of summer when i was kind of half thinking about moving back to brighton and trying to make it work over there um and tyler was like why don't you stay here and work with us um so i definitely start i started teaching for the school before apocalypse um but i had my own studio like just a home studio and i'd called it like mf studios um and then me and mitch kind of partnered together this is like after i'd started teaching um me and mitch partnered together and then came up with the name apocalypse and then tyler got involved it's a bit better well. than mf studios it sounds a little bit gangster yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're another, another glitch there in you <laughs> yeah yeah well like i said like <laughs> it just gets <laughs> spinning like some of the naming and you finish them Mikey you've mentioned Mitch a few times there do you want to tell us a bit of who, who Mitch is that, that people might not know yep he is my housemate <laughs> <laughs> not here he's at the moment much more than that though isn't he you uh, housemate lover <laughs> yeah yeah people often mistake us for just friends but we are in fact intimate lovers <laughs> <laughs> no that's not <laughs> yeah so he's he's um we've been friends since um when would it have been well it was rediscovering pluto days that was like that's how i joined the band is through becoming friends with mitch um so that was like 2012 maybe we've been my best friends since then really um we write stuff together we perform together we record together like all things music. Burning, both, burning at both ends and watercolor matchbox oh no burning at both ends isn't with you this that's um just no. mitch and, yep. and what's kind of matchbox though yeah watercolor matchbox is is me and mitch and then scott and luke as well um so yeah that's that's our main project really like in terms of like musical that is that just sort of uh is that just is it just because i suppose you have the business as 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 the as the sound engineering and the, and the teaching is is that just your way of kind of getting out there and just getting your fix from playing and and stuff like that or yeah. is there more that you want to develop with that is that kind of a watercolor matchbox is like our creative outlet i'd say um like we we write the stuff in it that we like that we really love like music wise um but we know we don't necessarily expect it to, to get anywhere it's purely because we we love making that sort of music um but That's how you get the adrenaline out <laughs> 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 like after a good a good like writing session I'm like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um what else was I gonna say just then? oh yeah so yeah like I've, I've actually been pretty lucky really because like everything I do on the island is music related like my job my life like I've, I'm, I would say that I'm a full-time musician like whether it's teaching or recording or gigging or writing whatever like it's everything I do is music which is that's really a pretty cool. good position to be in for um someone on, on guernsey because it is rare to find enough work to to make that a full-time job so that's that's really pretty unique yeah, like i wouldn't i wouldn't have even thought it was possible like before i started teaching um like i wouldn't have had a clue how to make a full-time earning from this but things just come up and yeah it's managed to work itself out which is really cool and yeah. the, I mean, we were talking earlier about how you uh, promote yourself and your business in some ways. So I suppose coming on to Guernsey Gigs podcast and whoring yourself like this is like <laughs> one thing. 
and a really useful method. And and but in all seriousness, though, what would you say to any younger musicians or um, bands who want to record and never thought about recording? Why would they choose Apocalypse? If you want a good result, you should choose Apocalypse Studios. Here's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the soundbite. That's it. Done. Sold. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming. Mikey, drop mic. He's out. <laughs> don't drop that one. It's expensive. <laughs> actually, I don't know if anyone can see it. That's not actually a microphone. He's got it. It's a hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but what's what's because um, I, I know the old Apocalypse Studio. What's the new Apocalypse Studio like? Can you describe the uh, layout for us or for young bands who might be thinking about recording? Yeah, so we've just built. Well, I say just built. It feels like it's we've just built, but it was actually a year ago now that we finished building it. It was the start of uh, 2020. We've got a new studio um, up at Delancey Park, where the rest of the the, the school is, um, and we've got. Basically, a, a bigger version of what we had previously. So we had like a, a control room where like the mixing, like the computer and the mic, uh, computer monitors, and all that sort of stuff was, and then a live room just next door with a big window. Um, and then it was it was kind of small, like it was fine, it worked for what it was. But now we've upgraded. Yeah, it's it's well, wasn't it? It got very hot, and I, we yeah. recorded in there in the summer. I think it was. Yeah, there's no like outside connection to the to the control room. Um, but then, yeah, we, so we've got this new building now just like down the hill from our old place. Um, and it's, it's basically like, I'd say it's probably a good three times the size. So we've got a massive live room. Um, the new one is where we recorded the Stone Cold Fiction stuff, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yep. So if you want to have a little, little tour around, then you could check out check those. Yeah, that's true. That's double plugging for you right there. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> the website, Mikey, has the website got like pictures? Uh, can you do a virtual tour of, of the studio if you look up Apocalypse Studio? That's a good idea, but um, no, not yet. Our website needs updating. Um, but our Instagram page does have some photos of the new studio. Um, so you can check us out on Instagram at Apocalypse Studios. Um, I such an upgrade like it, it feels really good like the vibe in there is really nice we've got like nice floors nice lights big views like out across the the seafront to to town um nice uh, yeah sofas yeah yeah cool sofas <laughs> yeah you feel you feel like a real band going in there doing doing recording it, it makes you feel like you're uh you, you've made it you know you're like oh yeah we're in we're in a real studio and we're doing some real recording sofas. We're not just in a din dingy bunker somewhere or <laughs> any place where they've got like real sofas and it isn't just like bean bags covered in layers and layers of like Throws. rugs that someone's <laughs> thrown over because they couldn't be bothered to wash the others. It feels like a professional studio to be fair. Yeah. But that's that's the point of it though as well. Like it's gotta feel good. Like for, for people coming into it, they've got to feel comfortable and like have a nice vibe and have a good energy about it. So you get studio fever, don't you, when you're in the studio? I mean, as a band, you know, especially, I mean, you, you're you in it all the time, but you, you're you in this room listening to the same take a hundred times and trying to get it, like not being comfortable is, is it's, it's an intense moment, isn't it? If you feel comfortable, then hopefully you don't have to do it a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> There is a lot about putting bands at, at ease and having the, I guess, as a studio owner, as a as an engineer or even a producer, a big part of your job is putting people at ease and 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 helping that creativity kind of come out. Um, was that part of what you learned, or is that something that is just part of you? Um, it was like people. Yeah, you see youtube videos and like lessons and stuff about people doing like studio like tips and tricks and stuff and like, it's always a thing like you've got to be like a good people person and stuff like that i don't think it's something i've learned i think i like i'm definitely and like a huge introvert but that doesn't mean that i can't like interact with people i think i'm pretty good at like just making feel pe making people feel comfortable and like natural and like i'm honest i think but yeah in, no, I, 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 I know like recording with brunt we found it good because like you're you're quite honest about when things don't quite sound right and like you, you can trust your opinion um you know if it was a bad take or if it was a good take or you know uh but also you're like very chilled and relaxed as well when it comes to that sort of thing you're not like oh for fuck's sake it's not another take you know <laughs> you said you're introverted but but maybe is that the 
you're introverted about certain things. I know sometimes we feel that as musicians or whatever, but there you're in your element. Like you're talking about the things, maybe it's not that you're introverted, it's just that you don't want to talk about other things that aren't music to other people. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, I'm, in, I'm in control of that situation as well. Like being the, the guy in the chair, the computer, like I'm, it's my thing. So I feel comfortable there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, for some people, uh, they like recording live and they just want to go for the live thing. Uh, another way, obviously, recording is layering. So starting off with the basic mix and then putting the drum sound on the bass and then, you know, layering it like, like that. Have you got a particular favorite way of uh, recording? Mm, I I think it's good. I, I like doing both. My personal, like, favorite is to layer stuff um, just because it helps with that whole like big polished sound however it's totally dependent on the client and whoever's in at the time like i love i also love doing live stuff as well because it's a real challenge to get that sounding good um so it's yeah it's totally dependent on on the project really um like with with watercolor matchbox like it's a very like tight polished like pristine sound so layering is the way to go with that to focus on each individual part as like one at a time whereas I don't know, like other bands that, um, that are, there's actually a lot of bands over here that record live and it's, it's fun because you get a vibe, like you get everyone set up in the same room, maybe you like chuck amps out in different rooms to get a bit more isolation and stuff. But once you get everyone set up, you just hit record and then let them do their thing. And it's like, it's quite a nice thing to watch them like create that as a, as a piece, like right there and then. Mm. So yeah. I asked Woody before and we just had Woody who's like, who does live sound, who doesn't do recording, we, and we kind of got into that. And I asked him one question, which was, what's what's the um, what's the best thing to do for a sound check, which I think a lot of people um, need to know when they're, when they're doing that. And it's great to have a sound engineer actually tell you what the most important things are. But from you as a recording engineer, someone wants to record, like, what would you, what would you say before you go to that recording thing? Like, what should you have ready? What would you say before someone goes, I want to record my start? Is there something you would say you need to have this ready? Or what would be your advice basically for someone that wants to go ahead with doing some recording? I think having like demos is a really good starting point. Like if you're able to record anything at home just on your own, like even if it's just like on your phone or something, having a demo is a really good starting point because then I can hear the songs and just like, Hear what i'm going to be working with um so that's a good thing to do is just have some sort of demo ready to, to send to whoever you you want to work with the most important two things i would say is being prepared like having stuff pre-written rather than coming into the studio and being like hmm, i don't know what i'm going to do on this yet let's have a jam like that that works like every now and again like and you, you that's like the you you imagine like you go into a studio and you just like I don't know, have a few drinks and stuff and start vibing and be like oh yeah man i was thinking of doing this this something something like this on the track <laughs> but in reality like, it doesn't always work like that you end up just like jamming for a bit and kind of getting into a rut and not coming up with anything like forcing creativity can be quite difficult sometimes mm. so yeah, I think yeah. very um very useful and then the, the other thing that goes hand in hand with that is practice like practice your parts um practice them to a point where you can where you're just competent and confident with them so you can just do it like in a few takes I, I, I remember i remember recording with with you uh i think it was the first time we did and uh we we asked you to come down and actually listen to the songs in person uh, I, I think that that was really helpful. I mean, there was even a point when you pointed out that me and Ave were playing different parts. <laughs> one of this, one of the songs, which we didn't even realise because we were too busy, like engrossed in the, in the actual song and playing it, that we didn't realise that we were playing slightly different things. And you were like, no, 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 you're playing this bit here. And I'm like, you know, that was actually a really useful thing to do to come and actually listen to the songs in person or like listen to demos as well. I suppose yeah. studio time is money, isn't it? So. Mm when you're in there and you're not prepared, you think, and do you find that frustrating if someone comes into the studio and and like they've written half the song but haven't finished, like they don't know how they're gonna finish it. And... Yeah, like it's it almost sounds a bit like counterintuitive really. Cause it's like, like you say, time is money. So if they're gonna be there, like like writing parts and stuff and figuring it out, figuring it out whilst in the studio, then surely that's good for me. But in reality, like, I just wanna like get the songs done and like, get there as efficiently and like as 
I don't know, it was easy, not easily, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's do you, do, it's you, about- do you like doing the the producer side of it, like advising on songs and 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 helping with the compositions and stuff, or or is it more of the engineering side that you're interested in? Um, both, I'd say. Um, it's I think it's very important to establish like your role before you start doing anything. Um, mm. like some some bands come in and they've got everything ready and written and it's good to go, and my job is just to record it and that's that but other bands have come in and, and they're like we want your opinion on this part like what mm. what should we do here and like i'm happy to take to do whatever it's, it's just about like understanding what they want from you as well so elliot's kind of asked a question that i was uh, going to ask and and again for those people that that might not know the difference between uh, a sound engineer and a record producer what how would you explain uh, the difference the far end of the spectrum so engineer over here and producer over here what's the difference um so an engineer i suppose would um just be handling like the technical recording side of things like they'll get the mics up they'll hit record they'll do the editing that sort of stuff um and that's that's kind of it like the and then the producer will get involved in the songwriting aspect of it like making choices in terms of like um like instrumentation or song structure or like parts um like harmonies and stuff like that that's that's definitely something that like a producer would end up getting involved in but then the producer can also get involved in like microphone choices and how to record certain parts as well um but then the the two can definitely like coincide with each other like you can definitely be both at the at one time um but like i say it's just about being clear on what the artist wants you to do like and be a part of hmm. so what artists in guernsey have you worked with that they've, they've come to you and said mikey we actually want you to be the producer on on this um coastal fire department i'd say is the the biggest one um i'm yeah they like their most recent album that they've put out um they're like ollie they're all great guys like they, they know what they're doing and they they know what they want to hear and stuff but they're always like they, they value my opinion which i really appreciate they're like what do you think does it is this good can we do something else here do you want to play something on it um so that's always <laughs> good do it for us <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, that, no, that's really good to hear no, that, though that is cool it is about i mean some people don't know as well the importance of mastering as well and understanding in the recording process what sort of mastering is uh, i was going to uh, ask about mastering do you do you feel like there's, there's <laughs> from a geeky side of whether or not i mean i i i, I don't think it's for ev- everything i think depending on what you're going to do with the track but i always believe that your recording engineer should do your recording um, and everything, and then you go and get it mastered by somebody else because I like that second opinion. But what what do you like? What is mastering? And also, do you think that's right as well, or do you like to be able to have that full? When when you say mastering, do you mean mixing? No mastering. Yeah, in regards to somebody who's got a project and they want to put it out there and they want to record it and they want to have a finished finished product and just as greg said uh there's two two schools of thinking one that mastering is it's just part of the process uh, by by the same people uh or other people think that it goes external after the album's been mixed um mastering is a difficult one really because like there's so many like tools and plugins and websites that you can just like upload your stuff to and have it done for you um and that works fine like it's great um, but then like mastering is a is an art form in itself and like I would say definitely that it's it's really useful to get a an outside source to get that done like someone who really specializes in mastering I think that's a very underrated like profession is mastering like people just think that oh I'll just stuck I'll just stick a limiter on the on the final track and that'll be it um, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more that goes into it and you could do like a whole degree on mastering and it's a very misunder not misunderstood but it's a very like it's undervalued art form. Mm. <laughs> um, I always think it's a bit like the, the whole band thing is the band kind of records a record and the more once the band's got less to do, the less they kind of think about what needs to be done till the end results. You know, they get in the studio and once they've done all the recording, having to get them back in the studio is like, we've done all the work now. 
Why, yeah. <laughs> why do we have to go through this? And by the time you get to mastering, it's like, ah, this is like, it's got nothing to do with us. So by the time it even gets to the artwork, like we've talked about, it's kind of, um, it's no longer what the band needs to do when actually that's, that's the whole, pro that's the whole product. That's the whole thing. That's there. Yeah. And like going back to the, the point Graham was making before, like you can, people will record, like it, it happens where people record at one studio, they'll get, well, you can get people recording at different studios. Like if you're like at different points in the world and stuff, like you, you could record a guitar part over here, record some, get someone else to record drums in the UK. Um, and then you can send all of that to someone else to be mixed and then again to someone else to be mastered. Um, but there was also something quite nice about having the same person be involved from at least like the recording stage to the through to the mixing stage, just because they've been there for that, like for the for the tracking stage and they kind of understand the sound of the band and what they're aiming for. Um, but then people will send stuff to, to other people to be mixed because like those people have worked with certain people and they, they know how to get a certain sound or they've they've got a particular sound that they that they kind of um put on their on their their own mix of things so yeah there's there's so many like variations of ways you can go about it it's mm. it's totally it's like all down to taste isn't it it's all down yeah, to let's get into some juicy stuff uh what what's the i mean uh we sort of mentioned it before uh recording can be really stressful especially if you're unprepared or uh you've you're noticing the ticking clocks of the money dripping away um what have you seen in the studio that has been uh musicians losing their stuff you know and just going crazy um i think the the biggest thing is guitar solos like people really <laughs> with guitar solos in the studio <laughs> yeah. that's the big one most of the time because they're not like they're not finalized or they haven't been practiced enough and also because it's like a big it's a big moment like if you're you're there with your whole band in the studio and you're stood up with your guitar and everyone's sat down watching you like eyes on you and you're trying to practice, you like, make the kimbo you got your on. yeah yeah and you're you're standing there sweat dripping down your face pressure's on um, <laughs> can get a little bit um heated after a few takes <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, like, like what what, what? Like, I, can't, I can't go in depth too much no it, it doesn't it honestly has never yeah, been. names it's fine but like, <laughs> you can't say names there who's the best and who's the worst fans you've worked with just like, put it out it never it never gets that bad it never gets to a point of that bad being that bad because again like back to the point of like being a good like people person and stuff i try not to let it get to that point like if i can i can if i can if i'm sensing that someone's getting frustrated or it's not working i'll just be like right let's move on from this we'll come back to it another you time walk into the studio at that point throw some cold water in their face yeah get a little <laughs> spray, spray out and like no 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 there hasn't really been any like horror stories as such it's it's pretty chilled out the worst thing probably is like when a microphone dies like if you're in like the middle of like doing vocal takes or something and then the, the mic starts like crackling or uh, like i don't know something, something like that that's the worst thing for me um but I just hope that that doesn't happen. <laughs> That's good. So, uh, and you enjoy playing gigs as well. I mean, we've talked a lot about the recording side, but um, um, uh, your gigging um, side, have you got guys got any like gigs coming up at all or anything that you're looking forward to? Yep, we had one uh, last night, I think, at the vault or was it the tavern, Fermain Tavern, we had one last night. <laughs> Yeah, how did that go? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very quiet. <laughs> no, um, yeah, we had a few gigs lined up with Watercolor, but they've been put on hold slash cancelled at the moment because obviously we're in lockdown. Um, and um, but then I also do gigs with uh, Last of the Light Brigade, so I play bass in that band, and we do a lot of weddings and functions. Um, yeah, but, really good. So again, sorry. Uh, I just, I'm just saying that I've seen them at uh, weddings, really, really um, great reproductions of songs and uh, they get people dancing and you, you guys are very good at what you're doing. Um, I, I remember watching them at a wedding once and the, 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 the generator went out and uh, they still had the whole tent 
jumping around, screaming, clapping, and laughing and having a great time. So it was it was yeah. really really impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's a nightmare situation. Power going off field in the middle of yeah, nowhere. It happened, and it, 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 it still was good. What's the watercolor matchbox reschedule gigs then? What's what's coming up once we come out of lockdown? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, let me check my calendar quick. We've got one um, scheduled at the vault on the third of April, which is fingers crossed still going ahead. Um, that's going to be with, I believe, it's watercolor and um, coastal fire department. Um, other than that, we haven't got much planned for the rest of the year. We're currently working on a new album, so we've got um, it's a concept album. Ooh. We've got like Mitch has been writing um, a, a, like a a book essentially like um like a short story there's basically a short story for every single song and they follow like a a, a story and a theme um, can you tell us a bit about the theme um i'm not the best person to tell you about it <laughs> I, I wouldn't we'll have a clue mitch on. we'll get mitch on yeah. we'll talk to him we'll get mitch on the next um, okay. surely surely there's been pillow talk between you and Pete. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the loose theme of it is about it's kind of about like angels of death and um like a little girl who's trapped in a room and gets visited by an angel and she's like being kidnapped or something like that um okay sounds like kinky shit <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 like she's a child <laughs> oh right okay wow like that. Uh, oh, so we leave it on that then guys <laughs> yeah i feel slightly dirty now <laughs> yeah no, it's got elements of love elements of death um it's very like almost like a bit spiritual in a way um not in a weird way though just like a in a cool fantasy sort of way cool it sounds really cool i love concept albums i think they're, they're sort of like you know they're, they're they were born out of the 70s really in some ways weren't they and they you know um they need to come back and so i i think that's great that that mitch and you guys are doing that i think that's superb yeah it's really good fun We've we've currently got all of our songs basically in demo form, um, so we've like we've written all the songs, and it's just a case of like jamming them as a band and making any tweaks, and then we'll just go into the studio you and need someone start. to record them. Yeah, do you know anyone? <laughs> That's been awesome. <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks Mikey. for joining. Thanks so we much. Have, for move on to our next guest in a, in, in a minute or two. Um, been amazing to speak to you um we could this could go on for hours no, i know <laughs> talk not really no <laughs> <laughs> we could talk nerdy stuff for ages oh yes <laughs> well oh, right. studio that doesn't know it and and, and last night they were kind of much better yeah